0: The button
1: has been pushed. Commencing podcast now.
0: (laughs) see if I remember how to do this. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio show about consumer technology, pop culture, and anything else we feel like talking about. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Welcome to our new season of the show. Uh, As some of our uh, very valued and longtime listeners have noticed, we sort of disappeared off the map there for a couple of months. Just a little bit,
1: yeah. Yeah, a
0: a little hiatus, a little, you know, taking care of life business, a little, you know, a little this, a little of that. But we are back now. Here we are. Is there a low hiatus? Or is it just a hiatus? Maybe in mid-hatus. Uh, yeah, we, we mid-hatus, were... Uh, okay. Yeah, don't hate us because a uh, hiatus. <laughs> we um, <laughs> It was uh, a little bit unintentional, but but I've, I've missed you, Kaiser. We haven't even gotten to chat much ourselves uh, because no, the no, summer has been so a, crazy.
1: Life's been busy. I've got projects and personal things going on. And plus, I think going forward, we're going to have to do this show in seasons. Because I think for our sanity and for, you know, just to, our, our lives have gotten... Extremely complicated, not just because of the whole COVID situation, but just in general. Um, I think, you know, going forward, we'll uh, we'll do seasons. So, you know, we'll do this as regularly as we can until maybe the eating season. Mm-hmm. Then we'll take a break for the holidays and come back, uh, you know, but we'll play it by year. Life gets in the way. Yeah, but uh, we, we can Cannot treat it like, a, you it. know, the
0: HBO shows where they, they, they do like four months and then they disappear yeah, for a couple of they Yeah, exactly. Come back, so. I
1: like that. I like that. But I, if I might... Rant speaking of HBO, yes, you've got a lot saved up, I imagine. Well, no, you know, I, I, a lot of it is so old now, I'm not even gonna, but I'm gonna I, I'm gonna talk about what's happening now. Yes, the Suicide Squad. This is right?
0: the DC, it's a very violent sequel to the one that was out a couple years ago. Yeah, or what well, is this? See, it it depends, on who,
1: depends on who you talk to. It's not really a sequel, it's like a reboot. It is James Gunn, the director of the Guardian of the Galaxies movies. He took this project on after he got canceled last year or the year before by Disney. Disney didn't want him because of some inappropriate or some offensive tweets Yeah, back in the day. He apologized. They fired him anyway. He took the gig at DC. Then they hired him back. Okay. So, so uh, this movie, just plain and simple, is just spectacular. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily mean it's spectacularly good. Because, you know, there's, you know, there's some low points. There's some like, okay, you know, I could have done without less exploding guts and, you know, things like that. But it's a comic book movie, you know? Yeah. If you look at comic books nowadays, if it's a teen plus or a mature comic, you know, because there's no more comics code, there's going to be blood and guts and naughty bits and stuff like that. So, you know, comics aren't for kids anymore. So I understand that, but... I could have done with less of the uh, blood and guts. Anyway, it was still an enormous amount of fun. It was one of these movies that you could tell everyone involved was having a blast doing it. The director, the actors, everyone looked like they were really enjoying it. It didn't have that portentousness of the, the, the DC Justice League.
0: Yeah, DC movies always, they never had the light touch that, that Marvel did. And, and even, you know, James Gunn, The Guardians of the Galaxy, it was a fun movie with a bubbly 70s soundtrack. You could see the joy there. Now, did they recast all the actors from The Suicide Squad a couple no, of years ago? No,
1: they, they kept a couple. They kept Margot Robbie and Joel Kilcannon, I think his name is. I've probably just butchered his name, but he played Flag, Colonel Flag, Rick Flag. No. And they added Idris Elba playing Bloodsport who was a minor bad guy. They added him in place of Will Smith for Deadshot. Basically, it's the same iteration of the character. I don't know if he he was supposed to be Deadshot, and they changed their mind, but it's essentially he's playing the same role Will Smith played. They've added John Cena, the wrestler, an actor, to play Peacemaker. He's nuts, and he's got his own TV show coming out on HBO Max. And I, I just enjoyed it a lot. Just really, really had so much fun. I watched it in IMAX. I was literally by myself in a the theater. And that's another story. Oh, yeah. Movies in New York. Yeah, but nobody's going to the movies.
0: I'm a little nervous, especially with this whole Delta thing, which we're going to talk about. Exactly. In a little I bit, was triple but... masked.
1: Yeah. I sat there triple masked. And again, you know, I, 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 I ranted it. Well, I didn't rant, I just tweeted about this. Listen, movie theaters, if you want us to come back, and fight deadly diseases just to buy your overpriced popcorn and soda. I paid $7 for a cup of soda. Okay? 7 bucks. 7 American dollars.
0: Wow, where well you could have like snuck in a can of Coke from the bodega for for like a buck.
1: For $7, I could have gotten 7 Cokes.
0: Yeah, six pack, man. So, yes. Yeah, that's a, so does it seem Pandemic, gougy, like, because I I usually don't buy the concessions there anyway because they were overpriced before.
1: Yeah, yeah, it seemed more pandemic-y, gougy. You know, the teens that were working there couldn't give a crap about, you know, anything. You know, "Ah, yeah, whatever. So the experience... On top of the fact that I'm worried about catching a deadly
0: disease, yeah. Before it was just bed bugs at the
1: movies, right? But now you got
0: like respiratory
1: diseases. So the experience was not fun. So I can understand why people are staying home. I'm going to stay home. In fact, as soon as I came home, I watched it again on HBO Max. You know, I went to the theater, yeah, the AMC, and then I came back and watched it again. That's how much fun I had watching this movie. It is, like I said, spectacular. In a, not spectacularly good, but in a wild event type of way. So
0: like a big extravaganza kind of way. and
1: it was, again, unlike a lot of superhero movies, I didn't know how this thing was going to end. I didn't know who was going to survive. I didn't know what the heck was going to happen. It even had Starro the Conqueror. I don't know if you remember Starro the Conqueror. Oh, that is
0: deep into the... uh...
1: Just a gigantic starfish Mm -hmm. was the bad guy. And it worked. It worked. It was fun. That's some it serious was gory. Deep cuts from the DC bloody. faithful, too. Yeah, well, it's, it's clear James Gunn is a comic book fan. Clearly, he understands the medium. He's not trying to change it. He's not trying to take it more seriously than it is. For God's sakes, these are people dressing up in spandex with alleged superpowers. He gets it, and he respects the audience. All things That's relative. what came through. Right, and it came through in the movie. And now, that said, I've been spoiled now by this content that we're getting, not only from DC in the movies, but now on TV with Marvel. Because they announced that Peacemaker, one of the characters from this, is going to get its, his own TV show. And I was thinking about how I can't watch the DC shows now, like Flash and Black Lightning. and Because compared to Loki and Falcon and the Snow, Falcon and the Snowman, Falcon and the uh, and the Winter Soldier and Wanda Vision. Mm-hmm. These shows they have humongous budgets to work with. I think something like two hundred million dollars to do Loki.
0: Yeah, they got that big giant Disney money and Disney platform now.
1: Warner Brothers is not spending two hundred million on The Flash. Mm-hmm. I watched it the other day and I had to put it down. I was like, "This is I can't." it is hokey. They've set a standard now on television, Marvel has specifically, that the other shows, I don't think, maybe Titans, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol I give props to, but it's a different type of show. Titans as well. Titans is dark. They don't rely as much on the massive special effects, but the story is interesting, at least so far at has been. But I can't watch Stargirl or any of those other mainstream so are they superhero starting to feel shows. like,
0: remember when we were, we were young children and you would see the reruns of the George Reeves Superman, yes, Exactly, where it right. was like completely cheesy and, and they would that's just like exactly put him on a table right. and, and yeah. And then you compare yep. that to, to what we thought was the high tech with the 1978 Richard Donner Superman. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. That's a perfect analogy because that's the way it feels for me now. So thank you, Marvel, for spoiling TV superhero shows for me. Thank you. I will not let you forget it. Yeah, well,
0: they know you're sitting at home on your couch with the big 4K TV. Yeah, and exactly. You can make your popcorn and get your soda for cheap at the yeah, home. right.
1: The- yeah, you know, up your game, AMC. If you want me to die for you guys, at least, you know, have some hot dogs in the back or, you know, some decent food, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. And don't make me wait outside in 99-degree weather. It's all about Darn customer it. experience, really, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I digress. I'm getting to be one of those old guys, and I'm embracing it. Like, get off my lawn types. Mm-hmm. I have let my hair go nuts. I I look like a wild man. I You know, I actually kind of look like Jerry Garcia, late period Jerry Garcia right now with the beard and the crazy hair. You
0: no, know, I, I think we should all embrace our dyspeptic altercocker Cocker Yes, you know, I think that's
1: me. That's me. You know, I used to be like really like, you know, schnazzly dressed with the ties and the shoes and all that. Now, I've gone, forget it. I'm like, I'm I'm going the opposite direction. I'm going for mountain man look, maybe bear. You know what I mean? Yeah, free as the that's wind. That's my thing. And I'm going to vent. I think I've gotten old enough where I can just vent about anything. I think you've earned your vent card. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, AMC, you're in my radar. AMC Theatis. Yeah. They better be paying attention. <laughs> All right. I think there was some news yeah, there was in some the news. Uh, month and a half that we were. Con-
0: yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, well it, there was so much, you know, because of, of the inadvertent, uh, you know, being off. You know, Microsoft announced Windows 11. There's rumors of Skype's demise increasing iPhone 13 rumors uh, with hints of a major camera upgrade. Two different billionaires shot themselves to the edge of space but are not oh astronauts, boy. according to the FAA. Uh, Facebook uh-huh. and the White House have been fighting about the former's approach to misinformation. That's always an ongoing story. Um, yeah, that's always good. Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus uh, snagged some Emmy nominations. Loki came in. show. Went. Black Widow is was finally
1: show. released. I did not like that movie. Black Widow did not like it. Sorry. Apparently Scarlett like Johansson's all mad about the home streaming, too. Well, yeah, because she didn't make a bazillion dollars, she was looking for the payoff, and she didn't get it. You know what? Just make Florence Pugh, Black Widow, Scarlet take a walk. Yeah, you know she's uh, she's
0: ready to move on. And I I yeah. thought about it briefly because I wasn't going to go to the theater, but I thought, well, you know, I, should I go? So I pay the thirty dollars or whatever for the premiere screening that you could do. And I was like, no, I don't care that much. So <laughs> just wait until it's on. Yeah, it'll be it'll be on the the free free
1: channel. Let's be blunt. If if I'm sorry to interrupt here, but. The fact of the matter, everyone's like, oh, you know, the Delta variant and, you know, the, it cannibalized the, the box office having it on Disney. Listen, folks, you were paying $30 for it. Nobody, the amount of people pirating this thing is not as large as you think it is. And secondly, the movie wasn't really that good. Yeah, well, it'd been on the show for like two years, hadn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Since 2019, at least. yeah, It wasn't very good. It was meh. It was, it was just literally, there were characters there. You couldn't really connect it to the the Marvel universe, really, bes- besides Scarlett Johansson. It was a prequel. So you're going in there saying, oh, but she's dead. Yeah. Why should I really, you know, why should I invest myself emotionally when I know she's dead? And Florence Pugh stole the movie. So you know what? Just give Florence Pugh the next movie and forget about it. Yeah. Probably Sorry, solved. Scarlett. Yeah. Now, Scar- I think you
0: need to be on Disney's executive board.
1: I yes, so. so that yes. was
0: just a, a little snapshot of some of the news we missed. And and there was a big story also last month. Clippy is back. Clippy? They thought he was it. Yeah, they, I, I guess it's some kind of whimsical, you know, sort of inside joke. Microsoft attempted to uh, put Clippy in as a background for Teams video calls. You know, people have been working remote for a year. They're getting a little shack wacky. Let, let's give them, you know, this little. Uh, Little taste of this 20-year-old original virtual assistant, as I like to call it, and we'll, we'll just stick Clippy uh, in, in the background. So it, it probably made a couple people happy who were big fans of him.
1: Clippy's like Michael Myers from the horror movies. He never dies. Yeah. Just comes back. Yeah. He, he kills fewer people, I think. But oh, yeah. Uh,
0: I think. Well, you never know. His body count, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Because where has he been? You know, What's he been doing exactly. these, these past, few since he, he got fired from, from Microsoft? So so all of that happened uh, while while we were away. Um, But, you know, we're going to move into some fairly current news. uh, There is some, uh, as we alluded at the top of the show, the Delta variant of covid-19 continues to tear through the United States, uh, smashing the uh, hopes of the hot vac summer and forcing local municipalities to reconsider or not uh, reinstating mask mandates and other mitigation efforts to help slow the spread. So uh, I was getting a little deja vu all over again. I'm sure you were too with this whole, you know, the little bits of the breakthrough infections and with the school year spinning up and, and many companies trying to get their workers back into their office buildings to revive like midtown economies and pay for these large buildings that they they invested in. But a lot of that is is up in the air now. Tech companies are pushing back their return to office dates, but some are still forging ahead. Facebook, Twitter, Google and others have announced pay cuts for employees who moved to cheaper parts of the country to live and work remotely because they didn't have to be in an expensive metro center. And so, so this is starting to come out now that, that workers are pushing back. They want to work remotely. They've proven they can do it. Why do we need to to schlep into an office with like a two-hour commute just to be in in-person meetings? And so the tech companies are they're listening uh, to some effect, but also saying, well, yeah, if you want to live in a super cheap area and not have to commute, part of your salary is based on you having to do those things. So if you're not going to do them, then we're going to do pay cuts. And I think Google uh, even has a pay Calculator that shows employees what their salary would be if they opt to stay out of the office. So it's a sort of a, a bracing slap. You know, it's a little quid pro quo here. But Wait, hold
1: on a second. They would they would dock people for working from home.
0: Yeah, if they work from home and uh, never go into the office, and if they've moved to a super cheap part of the country, so New York and San Francisco, uh, as you know, are, are fairly expensive places to live. But if someone has moved to the Midwest or someplace in the South where the cost of living is much, much lower, you know, rents, food, oh, everything.
1: I see. I see. And if they're they're still holding down the New York City yeah, salary. Yeah. Yeah. The,
0: the tech industry is saying, well, you know, part of your salary was to pay for a car or your commuter train and your excessively high rents that you get in New York and San Francisco. So if you're not paying any of that, you know, we're, we're going to slide you back down to what would be... The equivalent in, in your cheaper place to live, so so this is getting some people sort of squawking. Oh, yeah, they have a dirty pool. Yeah, but the kind of say, hey, you want to work from home? Fine, but we're starting to see some of that popping up. You know, it, it is. You know, it could be the trade
1: off. I think I'm going to dock myself really for, for working uh, from home. Yeah, I'm going to dock myself. Can I do that? Is that legal? I think you. Well, we if but I you still live in a very expensive I, city,
0: so even though you're working do. from
1: home, it's an expensive home. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to give myself a raise. Yeah, yeah. Crazy? so you're just going to... I could live within my means, yeah. you know? Just stop taking Ubers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> stop taking Ubers, stop getting
1: haircuts, you'll <laughs> be, it'd be stop fine. Stop eating avocado toast. <laughs> yeah, just, you
0: know, stay with your Raisin brand and sit on the couch.
1: I crack myself up, Jade.
0: <laughs> you do. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's you just keep it, you know, look at your annual budget and but see wait, how much wait, you can afford to pay wait, you.
1: wait. If people don't come into the office... Who's going to eat it like those places like Pret a Manger or whatever the hell those, those really expensive sandwich shops.
0: This is a, this is one of the bi- the big questions. I think the Times uh, even had a story today about the Midtown all of those sandwich shops and coffee places and things that people go to are are withering because nobody's going to the office so they're not going to buy a
1: $12 sandwich at lunch. Let's be honest, you and I both live in Manhattan, right? Mhm. Is that safe to say? Can we say that? I believe we can say that. And my first choice when I go out for lunch is not Pret-a-Manger mm-hmm. or Pot Belly Deli, you know? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not looking for any of that. I like my neighborhood joint. Thank you very much. That's significantly cheaper. Yeah, you, you get your spot. You get
0: your, your turkey or
1: your ham sandwich. and you know. Right. Or even better, you go to the deli and get it yourself. Then make your sandwich at home. Yeah. It's a sandwich, of course. Yes. Not a sandwich, a sandwich.
0: And a lot of companies also have big office buildings and they put a lot of money in these office buildings and they want people to be in their office buildings. And what are they going to do? And, and if you can't even sublet your office buildings, cause all those other companies don't want to be coming to work.
1: Can I ask a hypothetical question? Sure. If you or I were ever affiliated with, I don't know, hypothetically, a large communications conglomerate Media company, news organizations. Yes. Hypothetically, yes, if I'm, we were I'm, I'm envisioning. With them.
0: I think I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, right. When would we be expected to go back to the mothership?
0: A lot of companies in this similar position, uh, media organizations, including I believe CNN and and some of the the big uh, broadcasting, were are looking at a September return date. Uh, they originally were thinking, well, we'll we'll all go back after Labor Day. It'll just be like back to school. And then the Delta began to run rampant. And so some of those companies have said, well, well, maybe we'll try October. Maybe we'll just make it indefinite because we don't know where this is going. We don't know what's coming up behind Delta. Are we going to get Lambda, Mu, Nu? You know, what are these other variants that could be coming along? Uh, Vaccination, herd immunity, not where they need to be. So I think some large companies have just said that they are postponing the return to office indefinitely. They will give employees like a month when they do decide uh, because some people, you know, who have JD. moved out to the cheaper, cheaper areas of, of yeah, those um,
1: folks that are living out in the
0: cheaper areas. see? Yeah. Or they moved home, you, you know, to, to be with their parents or whatever. They they need some time to come back because if if you really pulled up your stakes and and move somewhere, you thought temporarily, if you're coming back to the office, you need to, like, get an apartment if you didn't keep it. And and there's all of these daily life things you need to take care of where you can physically relocate yourself back.
1: Yeah, like finding the right sandwich place.
0: Yeah, yeah. Get your apartment, move your stuff, find sandwiches,
1: movie theaters. You know, why is everyone fretting? Clearly, everyone's getting vaccinated. So it's not a problem. Mm. What's the worry about? Everyone's getting their shots because that would be the right thing to do, and everyone's wearing masks, right? Oh, I love your faith in humanity. <laughs> uh, don't disappoint me. I'm having a moment here. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm having a moment. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe not s- so much.
0: Maybe some things are turning the corner a little bit, but uh, it, it's see, still... You're, that,
1: you're the hopeful one then. Yeah,
0: it, it's, well, you know, we've seen some movement in certain areas just because of the massive uptick in, in cases and, and people who withheld judgment on the vaccines or didn't want to get it are, are now convinced. I think there's, there's still some holdouts, clearly, but we have a long way to go.
1: I don't understand this. Folks, wear a mask and get your shot. What is the problem? There is no amount of internet research you can do that will make you find or allow you to find something that a scientist with 50 years of experience didn't already consider. Listen to me, folks. You are not going to find a reason. And if you do, it's fake. Okay? Get your shot, wear a mask. Here endeth the lesson. Yes. Al Kaiser has spoken, but um, yeah. So, so
0: as all that is going on, and yeah, I think we're still uh, at least a year away from things. You know, kind of maybe looking more familiar. I know we said this last spring. Yeah, as but it was just vicious tease. Out,
1: vicious tease. I mean, for a while there, though, remember that if everything felt a little hopeful, weather's getting warmer, you get the vaccinated shots, mask. We didn't have to wear masks outside. Now these dingbats are forcing us to. Go back to wearing double masks, triple masks. I triple masked. Yeah. So, you know, just uh, please, please. There has to be other news. Let's get off this. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, well, let's,
0: uh, well, well, let's roll on. You know, it's good that we had our, our pandemic catch up. But um, There you go. But Google seems to be hopeful, you know, despite uh, some of these workers moving away from the office. Uh, Google is said to have another campus in Silicon Valley on its tasks list. Plans for this new facility, uh, which I think they're going to put in North San Jose, are for an R&D facility with an operations center for Google hardware. Because if we've been paying attention, Google has been making a lot of its own hardware. I think they may be even getting into the chip business, but they've been doing the Pixel phones – the Pixelbook laptops, they bought Nest and they're doing the Nest thermostats, the Google oh, home boy. speakers. Oh, boy. So they're not quite the hardware powerhouse of the fruit-themed toy maker of Cupertino, but Google is getting in the hardware game. And so they are planning a a big facility for hardware and R&D. They're also going to have a new publicly accessible tech campus with room for 3,500 employees. And they're building in outdoor meeting spaces. I guess this is a nod to the the Times where you don't want to be in a glass walled conference room inside a building and have your team meeting, you can go out into this little canopied area and do an outdoor meeting. That's nice. So maybe maybe bring some snacks, call it a picnic.
1: Always got to have a so, snack. So uh, yeah.
0: this new Google office is going to be called Midpoint, and they're calling it that because it's going to sit between the current headquarters in Mountain View, and uh, they've already got a giant mixed-use campus uh, that's also in San Jose, so this this new Midpoint campus will be In between, But that's just Google offices in Northern California. As New Yorkers know, the big G has snapped up a fair amount of real estate here uh, for its eastern operations. And I believe they have an entire uh, city block there in the Chelsea neighborhood. They do. Chelsea Market Building. They sure do. So so, so Google is one of those companies that has invested in real estate for its employees and would, would probably like to have them back. Now, the dangerously contagious Delta variant has also caused Amazon to both delay the return to offices for its corporate workers. Uh, and they're saying they're going to be out until January 2022. So that's where Amazon has has sort of landed on going back. But in addition to keeping their corporate people at home until then, uh, they're also reinstating the mask mandate for employees who are working in uh, all their U.S. warehouses, uh, even if there are city and state, you know, anti-mask mandate. So the Amazon say, no, if you're, if you're working here, you got to wear a mask. We have to stop the spread. And they are doing incentive bonuses for people on their teams to get the vaccination. They haven't mandated it as a condition of employment like some companies like The Washington Post have done. But the Uber, Mega Everything store uh, is offering, I think, uh, bonuses of up to $80 for current workers who get the jab and 100 bucks if you're a new hire and you've got a proof of vaccination card. So Wow! So they are trying to keep the virus at bay in the Amazon warehouses.
1: Well, let's appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Now, um, moving on from Amazon, but not too far. Let's talk about user reviews on Amazon's site. Now, have you ever ordered uh, something there that just either enraged or disappointed you so much that you had to warn other people or just go off on a rant in the, the user review section? You mean the last two days? Uh yeah, well yeah, in in, in recent history, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, that's a uh, positive. Yeah. That is a yes. Yes, yeah, so, that is an affirmative.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, and and I don't know if if this has happened to you, but the Wall Street Journal has a report. That explores how some third-party sellers are using, you know, who see reviews on the site where, where their products have been trashed, and they're apparently they're getting so buttered over bad reviews that they actually hound the customers who post those reviews, uh, even though the sellers aren't supposed to be able to directly contact uh, Amazon customers, and I guess contacting them outside of Amazon's official channels is a violation of the terms of use of the platform. But still, they're using these sort of third. Party user lookup services to figure out who these people are who've posted and probably very legitimate complaints about these products. But other users come by and see negative reviews for a product on Amazon's site, and so the company's getting all mad and they're chasing down the users who wrote these negative
1: reviews. Has, has this
0: happened to you at all?
1: No, they better be careful because yeah.
0: I bite. Yeah, yeah, they they, they got to know who they're dealing with. And an Amazon uh, spokesperson said that the company does not share any customer email addresses with the third-party sellers. So they're going around Amazon uh, with these sketchy lookup services to get contact information. So what's happening is these third-party sellers are tracking down the unsatisfied customers uh, and offering them refunds exchanges or even cold hard cash, but they want the people to delete the negative reviews from Amazon's site because they don't want anybody to see those. And some companies will even continually to nag and harass buyers if they don't get any response from the email, because a lot of times you see email and you think it's just spam anyway. Like, I'm a customer service representative and, you know, we'd like to offer you a refund. But uh, one customer in this Wall Street Journal story asked for a refund but refused to take down a negative review. And then later got another email from a different representative offering her $20, which was double what she paid for whatever this product was. So 20 bucks, and please delete this negative review. And then kept getting more unwanted emails over the next few months, all pestering her to take this review down. So... Whoever, you know, they're really trying to lean on these customers, but some annoyed customers are going in and adding this harassment to their negative reviews saying, oh, this product was crap. And by the way, they'll give you Good. money or email them. you every day to try to get your negative review down. So, they're kind of trolling the the
1: people that way. Four figures if you even want to consider me taking a bad review down, okay? Yeah, yeah. Four figures. What's it, what's, what's it to you? Yeah, Yeah. let's start there, okay? Yeah. And that's for if it's a $20 product. It goes up from there. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So, so uh, it's a joke, folks. By the way, yeah, it's a joke. But, but just it's so kind know.
0: of scary how they're they're
1: fighting these people and and harassing them. So, hey. There is no such thing as privacy on the interwebs. We know
0: this. That's true. You know, and uh, the the privacy and decency are in uh, short supply in many cases. And some of the tech companies are realizing, though, that they have to step it up, especially when there are children and young teenagers involved. Both Apple and Google have announced some new policies in which to try to help protect kids on the Internet. Uh, Apple had a whole Announcement of things that they were putting in some more uh, potential control and messages stuff to help parents deal with it. But one of the things in Apple's package that they announced that got a lot of people's attention was this measure uh, that they said it was to help stop the transmission of child pornography in which uh, software would scan user photos for abusive content before an image is uploaded to iCloud. Now, this technology Apple wants to use uh, uses AI uh, to match the photos to known images in this database. But the photo scanning had raised alarm among... Privacy advocates, as you can imagine, 5,000 people and organizations have signed an open letter uh, against Apple's auto-scanning technology out of concern that it could turn into a backdoor into people's content and could potentially be commandeered by, oh, authoritarian governments looking for political dissidents, members of the LGBTQIA plus community, minority religious groups, and others who may be deemed enemies of the current state. Now, Apple put out this whole FAQ about it saying, no, no, we're, we're not going to develop any further. It's just to do this one thing to protect kids. And they said they would not accede to any government's request to expand the system to do other things besides just looking for abusive images, but you know, do we know if Apple has acceded to foreign governments before? You know, there's there's been some talk that that maybe they've let in China have their way in a few arguments. So it is making a lot of people very nervous, and there's a lot of blowback. Uh, Daring Fireball has a very long essay about this. Um, we'll also post Apple's frequently asked questions document about how the system is supposed to work, but. Getting a lot of concern from the privacy advocates there, even though it is a well-intentioned attempt to to stop this sort of behavior. Google is doing its own. They haven't announced a a photo-scanning thing, but they did have a big blog post where they've also realized that that there have been some issues, uh, especially with the Child Online uh, Protection Privacy Act. So Google is taking uh, steps to protect children by adding extra controls so that videos uploaded to YouTube by users age 13 to 17, will automatically be set to the private mode by default, so strangers going around can't see them, so the the, the people who could view this have to be friends of the child or associates, and they're not just out there in a public setting. So right. Google said it's going to do that. It's also going to turn off location history for all users younger than the age of 18 and eliminate the option for them to turn it back on. One other thing they said, uh, they were also going to start allowing anyone under 18 or a parent or guardian of someone who's underage uh, to request the removal of that minor's images from Google image search results. As you may recall, Google gets very pouty about taking things down from image search. But uh, if it's child related, apparently they are going to be more open to those requests now. Mm. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. So so that's Apple and Google. And moving on, Roku, which, as you may recall, purchased the Quibi catalog, <laughs> is did, yes. adding more content from the little short-form video platform that no one cared about. They're now called Roku Originals, and I guess there's 23 new shows that will stream for free with advertisements. These are joining a few other uh, Quibi Shows that Roku had picked up. If you are interested, I will have a list of titles on our show page for Roku users who want to check it out. I guess Quibi had quite a catalog. Were you asking me that question? If, if you would like to watch if Quibis, was, if I was interested. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think there's probably some some listeners out there. Out there. Okay, yeah, fair I, enough.
1: Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I, I okay. think
0: uh, our own personal interest in Quibi, and stop me if I'm wrong, is just making fun of it. But Yes, pretty much. Yes. Yeah, and ends and there. Yeah. But no matter what's going on in the world, somebody always seems to be getting hacked, and this time uh, it's T Mobile. T Mobile. Yes, uh, aren't the, they the, the pink T-shirt folks? They were the pink T-shirt folks that consume the yellow, smart, uh, the Sprint, you know. Um, <laughs> yes,
1: yes, they did.
0: Yes, uh, the, yes they are they the uh, latest big company to report uh, a significant security
1: breach here. Oh my, oh
0: my. Yeah, remember when these were happening like once a week, somebody's always getting hacked, and then they're we, we still happening once yeah, a week. It,
1: what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah,
0: they are. They're, they're just not the, the widely publicized. Yes, I guess. exactly. Um, it's like
1: we've all gotten used to them. Yeah,
0: another hack. Yeah. But uh, Vice's motherboard site, though, was uh, particularly going deep into the investigation on this one uh, as a reporter there uh, was reading some posts on underground forums offering social security numbers and other private data for uh, about 30 million people. Uh, and the asking price there was six Bitcoin, which I guess currently translates to $270,000 thereabout. Nice. The motherboard reports that uh, 100 million people actually had their data compromised in the breach. So I don't know if these 30 million were just the ones that had social security numbers or if these were the complete packages where you just saw – the driver's licenses, and some chip information from their phones and all of that. Uh, I don't know if it's a tiered theft plan here, but oh. but if you are a T-Mobile customer, uh, you may want to check into this if you haven't been contacted by the company already. When you know, Usually when there's a, one of these big hacks, the company sends out the mea culpa, and due to unauthorized access, we believe your data may be compromised, and usually they give you like the year of identity theft <laughs> yeah, or the
1: type protection. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they do, and the free credit check. Yeah, it's amazing the stuff we've gotten used to, like the free credit check, the free what is it, the free identity theft mm-hmm. protection. Yeah, and, something you know, that's
0: watching your accounts to see if anyone wow. uses your social security it's number just anywhere.
1: Amazing, it's just amazing. I've never been a T-Mobile user, so folks got to work a little differently, or got to work another corner to get my information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know it's just inevitable just folks it's inevitable
0: yeah just uh the, you know get, get a security freeze on your your credit report that's which we it. reported back many many years ago many uh, years on a ago. previous that's show right. that's right and, and a lot of credit companies I, I know um some of the bigger ones like uh, discover and i think amex offer either free or inexpensive services well, that do. warn you if any of your information ends up on the dark web Uh, which can be helpful just to uh, get ahead of it. Now, a Tesla. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has opened an investigation into the autopilot system used on hundreds of thousands of Tesla's electric cars. Wow. Uh, And and we've talked about this on the show before, the the self-driving feature, which can be pretty freaky if you are driving down the road next to a Tesla and it looks like the driver's asleep or not paying attention because the autopilot has taken over. And I've believe the instructions are that they have to, you know, the driver's supposed to, supposed to be engaged and have hands yeah. on the wheel. But a lot of people, because the, the car is is driving, don't bother that because this autopilot can speed up, brake, and steer all on its own. So I guess people say, oh, I'm just going to sit back and read the paper or whatever. But this new investigation that just opened was spurred by at least 11 separate incidents when Tesla cars on autopilot drove into parked police cruisers, fire trucks, and other emergency vehicles. I don't know if it just couldn't figure out what to do with officially painted vehicles or what was going on there. But I guess if you ram enough police cars, you're going to get an (laughs) investigation of some sort. That's a pretty safe bet, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the investigation therein is going to look at all models of Tesla cars from 2014 to 2021, uh, which is about 765,000 vehicles. This does not include the Tesla Roadster. That company founder, Elon Musk, shot into space in 2018, but I believe most of the other models, the S and the X and all of the, the lettered ones uh, that they had during those model years of 2014 to 2021, are going to have their autopilot systems checks. I think they're also going to look at driver habits and engagement and, and many things just to figure out why this
1: is happening. Yeah, the, the Tesla in space should stay away from the jadune. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, hey. That's a deep cut for you folks <laughs> yes. there, okay? Deep cut. But a lot of our listeners are going to know exactly what you're talking uh-huh. about. So,
0: so uh, all right, so that's what's going on with Tesla. Moving on, a little hardware news here. We're starting to get into the edge of new hardware season. I think Google put out, like, the Pixel 5a, which a lot of people were like, well, this is a boring update, but it's really the best Pixel phone ever. But they're still waiting for the Pixel 6, which is coming later. We, have, of course, have iPhones coming up, but uh, Samsung, they have Samsung, their yes. Unpacked event that they do where they show all of their uh, product line for the fall, and they do their Galaxy phones and their Galaxy Watch, and I think they have their own Galaxy earbuds now. The Galaxy earbuds are actually pretty good. I yeah. I think I talked yeah. about them on the show. Yes, yes, you, you, have, you have reviewed them. Uh. But uh, Samsung was the one that really seemed to be getting the most into the whole folding smartphone concept, which I believe we have perhaps poked fun at uh, in in previous shows.
1: Samsung, I like your phones. Honest to God, I really do. But you can miss me with those foldable phones.
0: And and they really want the folding smartphones to take on because you, you do... If it works and it doesn't break in half, uh, when you open it up, you do double your screen space, and it makes the phone smaller to carry if you've got it folded up. But they are still working at it with the the folding phones. They're getting a little bit more affordable. If you count Ooh. just sliding under one the one thousand dollar price point by a penny, is yeah, that's affordable. not affordable. No,
1: no, I'm definitely, I will not classify that. As
0: yeah, that, that's just slightly lower. <laughs> they, they had some new models that were introduced earlier this month at that annual Unpacked event. Uh, the Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G has a base price of. Nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. They say they're Podcast. yes, yes, not not going near there. They say they are using more durable materials though to make the and this the the flip is the one that's a sort of more clamshell type one. Perhaps you know evoking the the StarTac and and the ones that folded that way, um, but they are they say they're using more durable materials to to make the fold less breakable, which is what you would want in a folding phone is not breaking. What we would want, yes, and uh, when it's open, the Flip Three has a six point seven inch. A high definition display with a 120 hertz refresh rate, so that's supposed to be better than the previous models. And uh, when folded, it still has that little cover display. You know, if you like the folding phone concept, that this one is an improvement over the previous one. And if you're trading in a phone, so you've got a previous Samsung. A lot of the carriers are giving you a big discount, so you could, in theory, trade in a fairly recent phone and get a Galaxy Z Flip for around 500 bucks, uh, depending on uh, the condition of the,
1: the trade-in. No, I'm sticking with my S-series. Sorry. Yes.
0: Also at the event, uh, Samsung also shut off the more tablet-like Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G. These are really sounding like license plates. It's yes, starting to get sony here. But uh, the Fold 3, not to be confused with the Fold 3 website that traffics uh, military records, uh, for <laughs> ancestry.com but the fold 3 5g has a bigger uh, 7.6 inch screen when open and that's got the 1800 dollar price tag or 1799.99 if you want to get really specific but that is before you tack on the s pen fold edition stylus for i think it's another 50 bucks uh this is the the special stylus that lets you write on the unfolded
1: fold barely use my stylus on my samsung phone so
0: The U.S. Congress is looking into the stranglehold that both Apple and Google maintain over their app stores and which apps are allowed inside those virtual doors. People have complained before that the Google Play Store and the iOS App Store, a bit of a duopoly here in terms of gatekeeping and who can do what in the stores. And a lot of developers and small app creators have been very angry at the big companies. But last week, Democratic Senators Richard Blumenthal and Amy Klobuchar... Teamed up with Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn to introduce the Open App Markets Act. Now, this is a bill that's aimed at significantly weakening that whole gatekeeper control thing that Google and Apple maintain over their mobile operating systems and the app stores connected to them. And along with the Senate bill, there's a similar piece of legislation that's also been introduced in the House of Representatives by Republican Ken Buck. Now, both bills respond out of a, I believe, a Senate antitrust panel. Last spring, in which several companies complained about the restrictions and the fifteen to thirty percent slice of the revenue pie taken by the gatekeepers, Apple and Ooh,
1: Google. I love and, revenue uh, pie. And a lot
0: of this was, uh, you know, Epic Games's beef was, was yes, the absolutely the uh, control uh, and the cut that that Apple takes, and this has led Amazon to sort of circumvent the thing by, oh, you can buy it on our website and download it here, and the thing. So, so th- this is sort of the first time I've really noticed Congress kind of. Taking this close a look at it and actually coming together to produce bipartisan legislation on it – You know this quite well because Android users have traditionally had a little bit more of an opportunity to sideload apps uh, without having to, like, dive into a jailbreak or do anything major. Very true. Any change in that App Store status quo or procedure is going to seem more earth-shattering in the Apple ecosystem, I would think. Because from the get-go, when the App Store was introduced in, what was it, 2008, it's always been what will Mother Apple let you have on your phone? You have this to get it from this one place. And if you wanted to do anything beyond that, you had, you had jailbreak and then they get mad about that too. So so h- how do you feel about potential duopoly
1: getting uh, busted apart here? Well, I, I liked Dion and the Belmonts myself back in the day, but, uh, yeah, yeah, you know that's, what? Your, yeah, that's your best duopoly. That's uh, my best, uh, yes, my yeah. best duopoly group. That's yeah. the, that's the one I, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to defer answering that until this plays out, but, Bottom line is, I'm not averse to their setup right now. What I really don't like about Apple is the money grab. If they do something about the money grab, it would be fair to everyone, to customers and to app developers. So I'm just going to I'm gonna sit this one out for now.
0: Yeah, you're just going to, you know, maybe watch this
1: bill go through Congress right. I and see, see the a, amendments see
0: and the permutations. And, yes. you know, at some point I will download it and print it out and read it because... Hey, it's legislation in that groovy congressional font. But
1: uh, yeah, I <laughs> really like that. Hey, you know, we're not joking. She really does enjoy that. So you know, yeah, some light reading for the yes. evening.
0: And, and, and again, Congress, I think has has skipped town for, yeah, for, uh, for the month. So yeah. I don't really see this really picking up steam until the fall. But they did manage to get it together to do a bipartisan thing and and put it out there. So, so we'll see. Is this going to like? Maybe people can have their stuff in the App Store without having that 30% cut, or people will be allowed to set up alternate sources for downloading apps. Who knows what this will bring, but it really seems like it's the the first time that U.S. legislators have have really taken this close a look at the whole App Store thing. True. And finally. And finally. Now, a collecting military memorabilia is a longtime tradition among history buffs, but there's an 84 year old man in Germany who took it maybe a little too far. Uh oh. Authorities issued a 250,000 euro fine when they discovered that the somewhat hardcore collector had somehow managed to get a 40 ton Panther tank into his basement. Other well, this items. is not real. This is not no, real. It, it was. I, I read this on a military blog, and I believe the BBC covered it, too. And it happened in 2015. So this guy was so into German World War II hardware that he just kept collecting it. So he's got this 40-ton Panther tank in his basement. He also had uh, an 88-millimeter anti-aircraft cannon, dozens of rifles and machine guns, over 1,000 rounds of ammunition, a torpedo, and some other armaments. <laughs>
1: A torpedo, because who who doesn't?
0: Yeah, you know, don't want to have a torpedo. Don't make in they make their it face, out the torpedo. That's um, right. Yeah. So so they found this stash. I guess local authorities were. Looking, around, I guess he was well-known in collector's sites, but they were looking for stolen Nazi art because there's ooh, still ooh. a lot of it out there. Yes. And so they found this guy, Stash, in, in 2015, and it's been bouncing around in the courts since then because Germany's got a lot of rules about this stuff. And it was ruled recently that the man was in violation of Germany's War Weapons Control Act. I think the... The thing that hinges on that is, like, are these weapons still viable? And I guess some of these were. Um, uh, even though his neighbors uh, said he'd used the tank to help plow snow back in the 70s when they had really bad winters. So it, it wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't uh. blasting people. He, he used the tank to, to clear the streets. But he, he was given this massive fine, and they, they took his stuff away. It took 20 soldiers nearly nine hours, I guess, to get the tank out of the man's house. So... I know you collect things here and there. I have also been accused of, of having little collections of curios. I have not mm-hmm. put a 40-ton tank anywhere,
1: though. On advice of counsel, I will not answer that. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, who who among us hasn't had a panzer tank in their basement? Come on.
0: I will post a link to the original story uh, for those who want to find out more about the tank and, and how all this came about. But, you know, I, I bet he was. he's probably a really... Completest collector, you know, just imagine oh, yeah. comic I'm sure books. Everything's mint, bagged, boarded, Wally bagged and boarded. You know it. And I think he had said that he had he'd gotten the tank. It was just like some scrap metal, or he found this like busted up tank and brought it back and refurbished it. I don't know how much of this is true, but wow, they, they they did take his toys away. So oh man, for anyone out there who would like to read more about the tank or anything else that we talked about in the news, including uh, the return of Clippy as a team's background, you can find a page of links at dot poptechjam.com. Up next, uh, we're going to talk about a little housekeeping. So it's been a while. We, we've been away. It has. We have. But, you know, tech just keeps on happening. Uh, but in the summer, I like to sort of you have a little more time in theory like to sit down before the new wave of operating systems comes out. What I like to do is I just like to clean up my home screen. You know, you get excited with apps, and every time you upgrade your phone, all your apps come with you, and you realize some of these apps don't even work on this version of the operating system, or I outgrew this app or this company went out of business. So I like to take a little time in the summer just to audit my apps, clean them out. And and if you, too, are, are looking to maybe get more use out of your home screen, we have a few tips here now you, you were rocking uh, multiple platforms on the are you all Android now or are you still uh, got a little iPhone in the I'm, I am
1: still I got a little iPhone in there still
0: so so I, I did some research and w- was looking at both things that would work for iOS and the Android operating system. First thing, you know, if you're going to clean up your phone, you know, get a little streamlined, just take inventory of your apps. You can see them all either in the App Drawer on Android or if you swipe to the last screen on a current iPhone, you see the App Library. If you tap the search screen there, it'll give you an alphabetical list of all the apps on your phone. So, I just like to see, oh, oh, why did I download that? So you kind of mark some ones that you know you're not going to use anymore. To really get an eye-opener, though, if you go to the app info screen in Android or in the general settings on the iPhone to the iPhone storage thing and see, oh, these apps are lovely. And then you see how much space they're taking up. Oh, yeah. And you say, oh, look, 50 gigs of photos. Hmm. They clean out your camera roll, but also if you scroll down, you can see that some apps that look fairly innocuous are actually really bogarting a lot of your phone space. So more to kind of keep in mind that maybe you don't really need this app so much after all. So once you've decided which apps that you want to get rid of, then you go through and you just delete them. As you know, Android uh, gives you a couple ways. Because Android would always give you the option to have the app on your phone but not have it on the home screen. Although more and more apps like, hey, let me put my icon on the home screen. But you, you always know you can drag that icon up to the top of the screen. You either get the uh, remove, which just takes it off the home screen, or the uninstall, which gets rid of it all together. That's one way to get rid of an app on Android. You could also go into the Google Play Store and do the manage apps thing and then just see a whole list and and whack a bunch of them at once, mark them off and then hit the trash can. And you can also uninstall an app from the app info page itself. Once you see like, is this Nagami all the time? What's it doing? Let me just click this uninstall button. On the iPhone, which is sort of varied ways to get rid of apps over the years. If you press down, you do the long press, you know, anywhere on the home screen or on a particular app, you get this menu now that pops up in iOS 14, and I think even a few versions back. It'll do this, and you get this little menu that says remove app, share app, or edit home screen. Edit home screen lets you go through and and clean up a lot of stuff at once, but now, when you, you do the remove app, it says, do you want to delete the app or just take it off the home screen? So they're doing the Android thing where you can have it, but you don't have to see it taking up your screen real estate all the time. And then the edit home screen does the thing where all the apps kind of wiggle and you can just tap the minus button and, and get rid of them that way. So I like to go through and just clean out all the ones that haven't worked in a while or just, you know, it was
1: a flight of fancy and then you got over it. Do
0: you use app folders on your, your phones at all?
1: I do occasionally, um, but my phone did something the other day. My iPhone did something a couple of weeks ago where all of a sudden all my apps ended up getting blown out of their folders. And it was just – everything was on my – I don't know. I must have done some sort of reset or something. Uh, So I'm in the process of actually putting everything back in folders. I love using folders.
0: Yes, folders really – and it's nice if you've got like all of your travel apps or all of your financial apps or your photo Mm -hmm. apps – to have them all in place instead of swiping around. And then I know you can like the app drawer, you can always see them alphabetically or whatever, but for those of you who've never made a folder uh, both on Android and iOS, very easy to do. Just put your finger on an app that you want to start your folder with and just drag it on top of another app of a similar type or however you want to organize your apps. Once you drag one app on top of the other, it creates this little folder bubble and you get the chance to name it. You know, here's my astronomy apps. Here's my photos and videos apps. And then once you've created the folder, you can just drag other apps into it. And for those of you listening along, I'll have a link to a story that, that has visuals that shows you how all of this is done. So, so fret not uh, about keeping up. Folders are very handy for A, just organizing your stuff, and B, it lets you have more of your home screen real estate back because it's not covered with app icons everywhere. Nice. And then in recent years... Some systems are a little more advanced than others. The shortcut menus, which not every app maker takes advantage of, but the ones that do, it can really save you some time. The shortcuts, if you're not familiar with them, if you're looking at an app icon on your home screen, if you do a long press, you'll see a menu pop up. A lot of times it's just, you know, delete or remove. But some apps have really tricked these out. Like if you tap on a news app, Press your finger down, you'll see a menu pop up. If you go to the New York Times app, for instance, you can see Top Stories, a Save for Later, most popular, there's even a shortcut link to the mini crossword. Other like weather apps, if you press and hold, you'll get the forecast there, but it lets you get a little bit of information without having to fully open the app itself if you just need a quick little hit. But the shortcuts are different from widgets. Now, widgets are sort of mini versions of the app that will just show you one thing, and they tend to float on your, your phone's home screen, so... I think widgets have been around since Android 9 at least, but you just uh, swipe to the home screen that you want to use and then press and hold your finger on an empty area of that screen. And then uh, when the menu appears, select widgets, and then you can tap that widgets menu and see what widgets are available. Usually like the Google Fit will have one, your news apps will have one, your weather app, but it it just gives you a little floating window. where you can just look at your phone and say, oh, look, here's my step counter and I've walked a thousand steps. So this can be handy for, for just saving some time there. The widgets in iOS 14 also exist to get a widget there. Just long press on an app or an empty area of the screen. The icons will start wiggling. If you look up into the left-hand corner of the screen, you'll see the little add or the plus button. And you tap that. It gives you a widget menu. You can scroll through and pick a widget that you want to put on there. There's one that's like a preview of your photos. You can get a weather thing, a world clock. iOS 14 also has the smart stack, which lets you do multiple widgets on top of each other. And then you just flick through. It's like this mini window. So if you put your weather, your stocks, your photo app, your calendar, put them in the stack and then put that on your main home screen, you can just look at your phone and flick through very quickly and get all this information without having to go into each one of those individual apps and say, oh, look, it's 95 degrees out. Shortcuts and widgets, once you remember they're there, and if the app maker has done one that's truly useful uh, for the function of that app, they can really be time savers. And mm. it l- lets you sort of do the thing you need to do on the phone without having to, to mark around on your apps. And then uh, you say, OK, this is what I need to know. Phone down, back into the conversation. So
1: Nice. Very nice. So, uh, yeah,
0: so, so that's what I like to do in the summer is clean up my
1: phone and play with widgets and shortcuts. I myself like to just clean out my closets, but you know Mm -hmm. that's just yeah. We
0: know it's the same. It's the same sort of mechanics. We're we're cleaning. We're getting rid of the old. We're streamlining our lives. We're taking control. I just got rid of a bunch of
1: shoes. Oh man, so, that's been know, rough. I'm, oh yeah, man, I'm still I'm still hurting about that. But let's not talk about that. Yeah, yeah. All the, right. well, we the, the pain is too fresh. Or went out for the shoes. Yes, indeed.
0: All right, but I guess that's about all we have this week. I mean, yes, it's I been think a long so. time uh, coming back. Thank you, listeners who who are out yeah, there
1: for your patience. Yeah.
0: And uh, as we said, we were trying to get back into the swing of things with our you know seasonal approach here.
1: Yes, we're going to be doing seasons from now on. So you know, don't be surprised if we're off during the holidays. It keeps us sane with this insane world we're dealing with. Yes. I've got a lot of uh, projects that I'm working on and, you know, personal things going on with the kids and the fam and all that stuff. So I can't split myself up yet into different clones yet. Yeah.
0: Maybe Tatiana Maslani can help you. And,
1: and we there will also go.
0: try to post on our show page when, when we're uh, going to be yes. MIA for a while.
1: Absolutely. That's a great idea. And uh, we should thank the bros. Thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. bros Builtbybros.com. If you think it, they will build it.
0: Yes, and thank you, listeners, especially our very dedicated ones uh, who gently reminded us that that we should come back and do a show. Sparrows! Yes, we love you, man. We'll be back soon with another show. Hope everyone is having a tolerable summer. It is still a scary world out there, but at least we have entertainment and... Hopefully uh, the driving will to get through all of this. I'm going to go find a tank. Yes, you can go find me you can know, probably find some
1: parts and you know, just build I'm one in the sure. basement of your building. I'm sure. Big I'm sure. project.
0: All right, so until next time, I'm JD Beersdorfer.
1: and I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado.
0: Everyone stay safe and sane. We'll we'll talk to you soon.